Yo, welcome back to another edition of the 64 Worms Club with me, Mitchell Cassidy, a.k.a. Paul, Jack Moore, a.k.a. Sis, yeah, yeah. and Will Fiam, a.k.a. Fat Slash Gaz. How are we doing, boys? Yeah, I'm good, man. Good, good mate. Good. Um, sunny Manchester, which is nice. Oh, it's lovely in sunny Manchester, mate. Always is. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lockdown part two. We go, don't we? Don't we? we carry on going. We keep... Backing up that content for the masses. Yeah, exactly. yeah, that's what we do. So yeah, we're just going to go through the usual Premier League games as ever on the midweek. We've got start off with Villa versus Arsenal, the dismantling of Arsenal, shall I say? <laughs> the uh, City Liverpool game, the big game of the week. Uh, Fat Franks flying after a four-one win against Sheffield United, who are struggling massively at the minute. Uh, United bats back as always, classic Ole. One win, one loss. Three-one uh, win against Everton. Uh, Leicester are top of the league, which is, I believe, the first time of the season. Uh, and Hassel, you know, Hassenhutl flying, still flying with Southampton, who were currently top at one point this weekend. <laughs> There's been a lot uh, of leads this week. Leads, leaking goals, which is becoming a bit of a concern from, I must say. Uh, 4-1 loss to Palace. And then, yeah, we're going to go on to a couple of the questions we've got in, uh, and then we'll discuss about next week's episode, which is going to be the underrated episode. The underrated uh, 11, shall I say. So, yeah, we'll, st- we'll kick off with the Villa dismantling of Arsenal. Who wants to start? I mean, Harry's not here to start off. Is it? <laughs> what a joke. Yeah, I, mean, I, I don't want to start a conspiracy, but I noticed he's missed two. And it just so happens to be... <laughs> the two losses. Stinkiest two Arsenal performances. <laughs> they, they absolutely pong, mate. One thing I would say is um, he, was, you know, he was really happy when, when they won against United he was, he was you know on his knees asking to start the show off that's what I was he was yeah he wanted, he wanted explanations from us I can, can we also say I mean obviously like it's a, it's a full Liverpool house today this hasn't this isn't planned yeah um, you know but the thing is so you know Arsenal have lost and, and you know we've said to Harry well you know what do you want to do you want to open it up mate do you want to open it up and it's literally like you know when you hear like nothing you know, like when you hear like like them little crickets in the background, just the tumbleweed, bro. The weed was tumbling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> in terms of Arsenal, I mean, you know, I'll I'll crack on. It's basically, like I didn't, it, I didn't, I didn't watch it because once again, fuck box office. But we'll get back to that later. But uh, I did want to tune into match of the day, and uh, it was it was horrible for him, wasn't it? I mean. Um, I mean, we, we, I think it's important to focus on how good Aston Villa were, and they have been really throughout most of the season. I think Dean Smith has got them playing like prime Pep at some points. Um, <laughs> you've got Ross Barkley, Chris Maloney. What's happened to you, kid? I mean, like, you know I mean, he's 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 unreal. Um, this is this is the form that. I mean, I, I don't know. I've always said to you more. I've always been a massive fan of Ross Barkley. When he was, you know, when Kremlin met him in Tiger Tiger that time, when he was when he was playing for Everton, he you know, was he loose, was, mate. He was loose. He was, he was a baller back in the day, um, he, you know. And I think he lost some of that at the back end of Everton, and he's kind of like lost it at Chelsea. He was a steady player at Chelsea, but he was only steady. And I think he's gone back to Villa. He's regained a bit of his vigor and a bit of his. Um, Enthusiasm for the game, maybe, but hit him, Grealish. Oh, I mean, Xavi and Iniesta have been here. Jack Grealish, 
needs to get somewhere big because he is unbelievable. Um, I, I shared um, a montage clip on the 64 Worms at 64 Worms Twitter. Yeah, big uh, plug, good plug. And um, yeah, no, it was, he's saucy, man. He's got it all. Um, you know, even, I mean, I know it's Hector Bellerin, but, you know, when he shrugs him off and then just flips the ball to Watkins, you know, and Ollie Watkins once again, you know, bagging. So, um, you know, we can laugh at Arsenal all we want because they took an absolute pace in at home. But I, I want to start off with saying how exceptional Aston Villa were. Um, Black of the Stallion? Yeah. It, <laughs> One shooting part. Lack of the Stallion will be... Tesco lasagna by end of next month. <laughs> no, honestly, I've said this phrase a few times on this show, but if it was an horse, I knew. If he was an horse, if he was an horse, he'd be shot by now. Yeah. Honestly, <laughs> you know, you know, I feel like you know at the end of the game when Lacquer's playing, you know, like on the Grand National when the tank goes up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was saying yeah, yeah, and then clicked what you were saying. Yeah. <laughs> I was just like yeah, yeah, and I was like oh right, oh dear. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. And, and you hear it, you hear it. <laughs> click, clack, bang. Yeah. What I mean, man, he, he stinks. He stinks, and all all he does, he's got this move that he's using. Gook's been saying this, and we've all seen it. You know what I mean? Like the past few years, he's got this move where he just puts his <laughs> puts his massive bunder into the centre half. The ball bounces off his kneecaps 30 yards. <laughs> um, and, and special shout out, seems we're going after uh, Lacazette, special shout out to Aubameyang, um, <laughs> aka Zero Aubameyang. You know what I mean? <laughs> Aubameyang. No shots, Aubameyang. no passes, no dribbles. Not... He's got this. Aubameyang left that pitch with the same stats as the ref. I'm telling you now. <laughs> Nah, because he, he covered left ground. He co- he's not even run as far as the referee. You know what I mean? Like, what? what, what? Like, so, the way I see it with them is this, 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 this season entirely, there's been problems going forward. And um, yesterday, they had big problems at the back. Um, I mean, Martinez, I think, has got more clean sheets this year than Leno. Yeah, that's true. At, at the Emirates. Yeah, that's true. That's what I was going to say. Yeah, more than more than Emirates. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, I'm sure Guck's gutted that he's missing out on this. I'm sure he'd love to give some more Alteta slander, but he got it all wrong. Um, he got it all wrong, and yeah. I mean, everything. It was a bit like the Liverpool. Game. Not obviously they didn't concede seven, but like everything that could have gone wrong for Arsenal went wrong. Do you know what I mean? Everything that could have gone right for Villa. I mean, to a man. I think Villa were exceptional. I think that was probably the most complete performance I've probably seen of anyone this season. Mm-hmm. I think they defended the, uh, really well. Go on, go on I think the big, the biggest thing because uh, me and Fett watched uh, watched match, match of the day in sync, and lad, we were screaming at the telly about Jack Grealish and Barkley. The link yeah. up yeah. was absolutely filthy. Well, it was outrageous. The first goal, more. I feel like Dean's just basically told him. I think Dean's just like told him to just go and fucking. I know it's cliche, but just go and have a fucking laugh. Do you know what I mean? Just like that kind of training session mentality. They're just, they're just fucking causing havoc all over the shop. I mean, they looked at sixes and sevens like um, Arsenal did throughout the game. And I know there was a lot of finger pointing at certain players. I know Bellerin was fucking garbage for one of the. I think it was the third goal where he got shrugged off. I mean, Jack really ain't. He's not the strongest lads, is there? Come on. I know Bellerin's not. 
not the biggest of lads either, That's but a bit embarrassing, really. But um, yeah, um, really good result for Dean Smith after the last two losses. I know, um, I know Guckwood pointed out that they didn't actually play that badly in the games they'd lost. But yeah, I just, I just thought it was just the most complete performance I'd seen this season. Yeah, um, I mean, John, John, McGinn, John McGinn looks like the player that he was before he got injured. Yeah, he does. Because yeah. Yeah. he was unplayable the entire game. Douglas Louise spraying him about the pitch like he's fucking Shabby Alonso on steps. Yeah. What is that about? Yeah. Behind centre half. That Douglas Louise pass to Greenwich. Oh, mate. No. First time, oh. first time volley across the box. Ollie Watkins, front post. Fucking tops off, boys. It's outrageous. And it dicks out for Rambi. It dicks out for Ollie Watkins. That's what I'm saying. He was outrageous. <laughs> I said on the chat, didn't I, when I seen it, I was like, my dick. That's one of the, that is one of the most satisfying goals I've seen this season. Yeah, honestly. big time. The fucking pass from Douglas Louise to, Bo- <laughs> to Bobler. Can't even call him Bobler anymore, can we? No, and then the left, I know he's quite both, he's quite both footed, any but that full volley left foot across goal, it's fucking pinpoint Charlie Watkins on a platter for him. No, I, I flipped when that went in. I don't. I'm not it, it, give, it, 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 it give him a cross that he physically couldn't not score from. The first time, just fizzed it across the box. It's outrageous. I think the problem that Arteta's going to have all season, and it's going to get cropped up in conversation with a lot of people and pundits and everything, but. I know it's easy to say, but the creative creativity they're missing is is it's so clear to see. I think for everyone at the minute, I, we touched on it when they beat Man United, I believe, and I don't think they was out of the woods from it really. Even though they won the game, they didn't create a lot, did they? Against Man United, no, they yeah, it's a win. We, we, take, we can't take anything away from that. They finally won a top six side, but the creativity creativity was still lacking, and it was lacking again massively. And I've, it's just going to be a reoccurring theme. Throughout the season, until they get, until they do something about it, I think we all have to accept that Mesut was clearly not in the team for footballing reasons. It's obviously mm-hmm. a lot more than that. We all know that, and they've just got to go and just they've got to go and break the bank to get someone. They can't carry on with this season mm-hmm. playing a midfield three that's like that. You've got your best striker playing out wing because you've got King Bunder up top doing niche, and then you've got either the choice of Pele or Willian or Saka or whatever playing. Pele, Pepe. I bet they'd take him now, wouldn't they? Yeah. <laughs> Pepe, did I say fellow? Yeah. Pepe playing right wing. He's got a choice of Pepe. He's not, he's he's not got the figure. Million. He's not got the figure. He's not got Pepe's figures. Pele's figures, mate. He's not got Pele's stats, but he's just as fraudulent. Yeah, he's just as fraudulent. Yeah. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, they can't. I just don't see it. They just can't keep playing that flat front free, that flat middle three. They've got to get something this between is... the midfield and forwards. It's not going to exactly, work for them. Exactly what I wanted to mention because you know when we slander England, we play this three at the back. And they've got two shite midfielders who don't don't cross the halfway line. Then they hey, come on. Two. So Brian's not shite. Hey, respectfully. Sometimes he don't look he don't cover himself in glory for England. And there's, there's obviously various reasons why. But I looked at the Arsenal team and I thought exactly the same thing. Because Party and El Nenny were just sat there on their own halfway line doing no. And then they were just yeah. offing it at Willian and going, go on, you do something. And that's all it was. Yeah. For 90 minutes, like you, even though you know, I mean, we last year you could have said, Come on, it's only Villa, we can nick this. It's not only Villa anymore, Aston Villa, and they look fucking class, mate. Yeah, well, it's yeah. interesting, it's interesting because obviously, I know a lot of us had them, if not to go down near the bottom, and I think you know, that wasn't just us, I think a lot of people had that. Um, but it was, bear in mind, we did do this at the start of the season before transfer window, that's that way we had, yeah. um. 
you know, that's that's the little caveat to get us out of bullshit. Little, little, little backtrack there. Little um, backtrack. But, but the thing is, though, well, no, we did say that on the app, to be fair. But um, what, what I would say is, you know, we had them to go down. Um, but in reality, where could they finish? Because one thing is going to be going in their, in their way, and I'm not saying that it's going to be a, a Champions League finish. Let's not be silly or anything like that. But with Aston Villa... They only play one game a week. I think when you look at the teams that are in Europe at the moment, whether, whether that be Leicester, Arsenal, Spurs, Liverpool, City, United, Chelsea, they're all playing two times a week. Now, Liverpool are in a slightly... And uh, City are in a slightly fortunate position at the moment. They're practically through. So they can rest players for over the next three weeks in the Champions League. But... For a lot of clubs, I mean, especially when we go further on into the tournament, they're going to be having two games twice a week. And all the all the good teams are in vast amounts of injuries. Uh, a team like Villa can play once a week and they're obviously playing attractive football. Teams like them and Southampton, where can they finish, ideally? Um, I think the top, I, I think even now, even with the football they're both playing, obviously Southampton, I think Southampton and Villa are in the top four. I'm not quite, I can't. They're either top six or top four, whatever. I think I still think have just edged, just been edged out of the top four with the Villa win. But yeah. I still think they'd obviously take top ten. I think start of the season that would have been their aspirations to finish in the top half, build on that. Obviously, Villa would have definitely took that. They finished a point above the fucking relegation zone last year. No matter who they brought in, mm. they've still been happy to take top ten. But yeah, it's going to be difficult for them to break in the top six. I've said this all season. Okay, it's a bit chaotic at the minute. It's a bit crazier. There's different results going every other game. Villa losing 4-0 one week or whatever, and then winning Arsenal 3-0 was a prime example. But they've both got good enough teams to cause upsets this season. And like you said, with them playing only once a week, they've got an advantage to compared to your likes of Liverpool, Spurs, Leicester. So I mean, they don't have an advantage against teams like, you know, say... Newcastle or a team no, like that. But they've got a better team than Newcastle. Exactly, exactly. So my point is, but, but saying that, realistically then, you should be looking at a team like Everton yeah. uh, to, break, to break the top six. And I know we'll talk about them later, but, you know, they're starting to slide a little bit. Mm. Um, which, <laughs> to, yeah. to look at, if you look at recent performances, do Villa look better or worse than Wolves and Everton and Palace? No. Really? No. I mean, you, you, you take based on this weekend, they look, they're fl- absolutely flying. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's going to come unstuck, and they are always one injury away from being a, a bottom five team. No, I agree. But, yeah, I agree. But, you know, um, it's, it's, a str- it's a strange one because I look at the way that they play and the front foot, and they're, they're not this two banks of four, and st- you know, low block team that we saw last year that we, you know, trying to scrape a point here and there to stay up. They're going at games and they're going at teams. And they're trying to win at every opportunity they've got. And they so look far, credit to them, it's working. Well, they look extremely confident. And I think mm. one thing at last season, um, I think Watkins actually is, is, a, is massive for them. Because you look at them last year, and where were the goals coming from? It? And it's, it's funnily enough, that's the issue that, you know, the team they played against has. I mean, Arsenal have got all these great attacking players, but you don't know where the goals are coming from. Yeah. Um, I mean, it would be interesting, Paul. Have you have you got your, uh, you know, you've got Google Ed in front of you or anything? I have, yeah. 
What would you like to know, sir? Um, I'm just wondering, you know, just looking at Arsenal's next six, because I think we're at the point now where we can start mapping teams' progress and, and where we think they're going to... I know some people say it's still early doors. I like to say we're about a quarter of the way through the season now. I think you can start to track where teams are going to be, not finishing, but um, you can start predicting how good the team looks because we've seen them play six times now, uh, eight or nine times now in the league. Um, Looking good. I'm I'm not not going to lie to you, Fair. Arsenal's next six is sticky. It's sticky. I I knew knew the first one. I knew that next, I know after the international break, they will have Leeds away. Okay. So, Uh, so, So ideally, Leeds away, that's a lottery. That could be anything. But yeah, what's the next game? Wolves at home. I, I think they should take three points against Wolves. I don't think Wolves look as good as um, I imagined. I still think they can get good results, but um, I think they should get that. Tottenham maybe, away. Maybe, but it's not, it's not, again, it's not a given. Not a given. It's not a given. Um, Tottenham away, sticker. Very sticker. Mm-hmm. Burnley at home should be a dub. I don't should care what anyone win. says. Burnley win. are shit. And then Southampton at Evan. And then Man City. I mean, I mean out, of the, out of those games... Man, oh, no, they've got, they've Man got the um, Carling Cup. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, um, six, three? Yeah, three or six. But like you said, we had this with the Man United game, didn't we? And they went on a month three. But yeah, um, it's not ideal that they've gone and got beats at home to Villa and then they've got results like that. But it's Arsenal, like you said, you fucking never know what's going to turn up. But, but in, re- in reality, you know, if, if, they, if they do start figuring out what they're meant to be doing, and they start scoring goals. You know, they're still one of those teams that you should be looking at challenging for top four. But I'm, I'm now I've seen them a bit more. I'm starting to revert back to the type of I know how Arsenal are. Whereas I'm not gonna lie, I've seen them win some scrappy games earlier on in the season. And I thought, oh, okay, doing a bit. They lost to us, but you expect that at Anfield. Um, but I was impressed with them at the first five or six, and they've really, really started to drop a little yeah. bit. But like you say, there's, there's still a lot of time left, three quarters of the way through the season, for them to really start picking up. But at the moment, it's not looking good for them, I don't and think. If, if, there's yeah. a, if, there's one, if there's one shining light for Arsenal fans, it's that last time that we questioned the team's next six results, it was West Ham. The manager got coronavirus and they were unbeatable. So... Maybe, yeah. maybe. Arteta yeah, maybe. Arteta, maybe Arteta just needs a little dose of their owner. Well, and all bef- of a sudden, that's it. Well, before we move on, uh, I think we wanted to touch on the pay per view, didn't we? It was the last pay per view game, I believe, confirmed today. Am I, I right in saying? Right So, I'll obviously, we've that. been listening to the podcast from us, so we really appreciate that, Effa. Thank yeah. you. Do you want, Thanks, did you want to say anything about it? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. I think you know it's it's good to see that the chief of execs at uh, FA do watch sixty four Worms Club. Uh, if they could just <laughs> if they could just plug it, yeah, that's all we want. Yeah, you, just, yeah. you know we're we're doing you a favour. We're offering you a service. We're telling you the right things to do. I mean, mm. we've, we've already solved pay per view. That's done. Yeah. We've solved that one. Yeah, completed it. Next, yeah, what one, next? What's next on our agenda? Next one is, and we'll get to this. We'll, we'll get we'll get to the next one, and I think you know <laughs> I know what, what I agree. Yeah, I know what he's going to say. This, we'll this get one, to the next one, mate. No, Don't worry no, about just, it. Because things are, we've got to do it one at a time, and I'm going to say which one are we going to solve first: VAR, offsides, or handballs? Uh, which one are we going for? Um, I think 
Offsides. Yeah, I, I, reckon, I reckon offside, I can have a really good go at. Yeah. I think in my head, I've solved offside. I've got a couple of ideas. We'll run by them later on. <laughs> but in my, in my head, I have solved offside, mate. Is it, is it anything to do with put the lines away? Yeah, we've all, yeah. <laughs> this is Mr. Party Pupil coming out you know, the boring fucker. Put your lines away, fucking, fu- yeah, fucking fun sponge in the chat. What's that about? <laughs> well, obviously, now you, you did hey, speak about... It's a family-friendly show, come on. Yeah, now you did speak about the Ambors, which does bring me on to the big game of the weekend, um, which was Liverpool versus City at the Etihad. It finished a one-all, which I think both managers would have been fairly happy with. I think, all, I think they look all, like they shook hands at half time. I like, said that. Hey, don't rob my line. Come on, man. Look, oi, mate. Don't talk about lines now. Come on. Go on, Pastor. What was you going to say? Um, I think, you know, it's, it's funny you should say they shook at half time um, because first half was literally. I, I mean, some people in our chat didn't think so. I thought the first half was fantastic football. It was. It, what, who I, said that? Who said it was? It was electric. It was like Storm, Storm said it was all right when he's used to watching Fat Frank ball. Come on, man. <laughs> you, know, you know why you said that, mate? Because Zayech didn't play. That's the only reason. <laughs> if if Zayech would have played a part in in City Liverpool game, you better believe he'd get the final score tattooed on his back. Well, I, I don't think it gets really. Me- and it's a bit snobbery saying this, but like. Liverpool, City and Barnet, the top three teams in the world at the minute. I mean, there's no real questions about that, is there? No. And we're the only league that you get two teams to play each other twice a season. It's been like that for the last two or three seasons with Man, United, with Man City and Liverpool. Two of the best coaches in world football, two of the best 11s in world football, going at it. Tactically in the second half, which we'll touch on in a minute. But the first half, man, it was just pure football, wasn't it? You had mm-hmm. basically 4-2-4. You had two centre midfielders that looked lost. Poor fuckers. <laughs> stood there watching it ball go past yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> And then you had four. I mean, Sky did like it. They zoomed out on one of the cameras and it was just madness to see. Like, it was like some old FIFA. You, you literally had four, like four forwards mm-hmm. against the back four, two midfielders in the middle of no one. And then exactly the same for City. You had um, obviously Ferran Torres, um, uh, Jesus, Jesus, and, Raheem. Uh, Raheem. And then you had Kevin De Bruyne just. De Bruyne just in the F. But yeah, it was something of it was spectacular. I think the first half, before. it, it was lit, really it was enjoyable. Lit. Absolutely, well, I'd say enjoyable. I hated it, but it was like yeah. you, you must have done. You know, when, when you're at school, you, you play like British bulldog and that, where it's just people running, going mad, and then getting yeah. tackled in midfield. That's all it was at first twenty minutes, and I was here for it. Well, I was thinking the here first half an hour. I was just thinking, I was thinking, Klopp's got to bring on a midfielder. He's got to bring on a midfielder. Mm-hmm. One of them's going to get dragged at half time or something. Not for like their own fault, but like yeah. tactically. I was like, he's going to bring one off. And he never did. I think it took age. I think it took like the 60th minute or 70th minute where he brought Shakiri on. I was like, he's not exactly defensive, is it? Yeah, exactly. But yeah, like you were saying, Fats, a really, really good game, first half and then second half. <coughs> like they went in half time, went, yeah, we'll take a point. Like you say, I mean, you know, the fan, uh, the, 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 they took it, as in the, you know, it seems like Klopp and Pep took the draw. I think if you look at both teams, a draw's not a bad result for either. I think it was more important for City not to lose. Uh, I think Liverpool, to a certain, not quite the same, but you know, if Liverpool would have lost, there would have been two points behind City with City have a game in hand. So I, I, I felt if City would have won that game, they would have had the advantage. Because 
when it comes to the league title, I know there's been a bit of a mess of it so far and City have been bad and Liverpool have been bad and there's teams coming up. But it's Liverpool v City for the title. I can't get my head around it being anything other than that. Um, and I think if City would have won, they would have took the first big blow. Um, and I was speaking to, I mean, I know you probably speaking to Crompton. Um, I was been speaking to a lot of City fans uh, it was on my Alex's birthday, funnily enough, and he's like, "Oh, I can. Uh, they're going to lose on my birthday here." Um, <laughs> so Poor lad. Um, but before the game, we said, "Look, I'd, I'd, I'd take your arms off for a draw. I wouldn't just yeah. snatch your hand off. I'd take the arm with it. Honestly, like for us to, and for us specifically, when was the last? I, I believe the last time we got a point at the Etihad was when Klopp won there in his first game. I don't think we've won even got a point since." No, we won in the Champions League, yeah, that's it. But yeah, in terms of Premier League, that's a, that's a knockout tie. So I think yeah, yeah, in the Premier League now. I don't, I don't think we've even got a draw there since what 2015, 2016, maybe. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, for me, I see that as a game where we've had Van Dijk not playing, uh, Fabinho not playing, um, Trent came off injured. Um, we've got Thiago. You know, no Tiago. No Tiago. Joel Matip's just come back from injury. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I, I thought to get a draw at the Etihad, I was extremely happy with. So I would have, I would have shook hands at half-time also, especially after, yeah. they, especially after they missed the penalty. Mm. Um, but one thing I do want to say, because quite often you know, I, I always talk about how well Liverpool played, but um, I thought Man City were, were really good defensively. Yeah, um, I, I mean they had a little bit, of, a couple of lapses right at the beginning. I think Bobby got played through. Probably should have done better, but other than that, I know also when Salah laid off Trent, um, and that that could have gone in really. Uh, yeah. It went through Edison's legs at one point. Um, yeah, Jota nearly snapped it up, didn't he? Nearly. Yeah, but I, I want to give a special mention to both centre backs, Ruben Diaz and Laporte. I thought, other than those brief moments, they were. Excellent. Um, I thought uh, Cancelo was probably one of their best players on the pitch. Yeah, I, know, I agree. I know Jesus got the goal and De Bruyne got the assist, but other than those moments, I, I don't. I don't think it was really a striker's game for either. I know there was a lot of things going on, but I think both defenses performed really, really well. When both teams are at a high level attacking wise, to only have two goals scored. Yeah. Uh, the only mm. defender on the pitch that I thought had a bad game was Kyle Walker. Kyle Walker. I'm not, I, I agree. I'm not saying it because I, I, I can't stand him and I don't think he's a good enough footballer. But he did stand out to be a bit of a liability for him. Obviously, he gave away the penalty for. But also in possession. Um, for opening. Yeah, in, the, in possession. I, the only thing I can defend him all on, to be fair, I mean. I don't want to sound like Klopp when I say, oh, it was too windy, but it was absolutely chucking it down in that game. Like, it got to the point where it, you could actually tell that, that people were having to, like, pass the ball far, like, far more of intent to get to their player. Do you know what I mean? It was like, I could see the ball rolling. It had been first time in years since I've seen that in, like, a, like a Premier would, League game. What I would say, Paul, is um, I, was, I was slightly disappointed with Liverpool in the second half. Um, not yeah, only- I would... Not well, only because of not only because of the fact that I mean they were a lot near the end they looked a bit tired, um, but I thought possession in the second half was very lacklustre. Yeah, very I poor. They, I think they were trying very often 
longer balls. And they were just getting snapped up by City's defence. And I think part of it was due to fatigue. They played a lot of games in a row. Now they've apparently they've got to go fly off to fucking all corners of the world, which is, by the way, a mess. Um, yeah, beyond a mess. To play three games as well, one of them being a friendly, which is a, a disgrace, to put it lightly, in my opinion. Well, one of the games might be getting cancelled, weren't it? England-Denmark might be getting cancelled. Is that the friendly? Yeah, well, no, that's actually the UEFA Nation. Oh, is it? Game. And we can only hope that it gets cancelled. Yeah. Um, obviously, Trent's not missing for those games. I've seen he's out for four weeks. So yeah. he'll miss the next three Prem games and also um, he'll also miss the Champions League, which you know, I'm, I'm not too bothered about the Champions League. But um, the only, thing, only silver lining I can say is Fabinho should be back and we can play him right back. Yeah, and Thiago's gone back into full training today, which I've read this morning. So. Yeah. Um, but Nab, yeah, touching Nab Cam uh, back as well. Intrigued. Before obviously we move on, I'll touch on what he was on about the passing. The second half, it was like it was the biggest game of chess I think I've ever seen. Like I think Man City did it better. I think we really struggled to get our back four. A lot of our possession was fairly deep, and City had set up Pep had set City up to nullify our attacks and everything. It was becoming, it was trying to get from our centre backs to our strikers, not going through our midfield. And I think we really struggled in the second half. I do believe if City did go for it and didn't have much to lose, like you touched on in the points, um, I think they would have probably beat us. Um, I don't think we defended horrendously, but I just don't think we... I think we struggled to get our own back foot at, at our own half. And I feel like obviously City settled on a point a bit early. Too early, in my opinion. But on another day, I think we could have probably lost that game. But yeah, before we move on... Well, go on. I think on another day, though, you say we would have lost in the second half. I think on another day, we'd have put three in in the first half. Yeah, very true. I was going to um, say, we did, but, we did play quite well first half. But, but what, I, what I would say is, before we move on to the games, we are going to mention this handball, right? That's what I was going to say. Before yeah. we move on, can we talk about this handball farce? It, it stinks, mate. It stinks. Um, the, the, worst, the worst thing about it for me, and it's something that we touched on before we started the pod, is I now feel really bad for referees, right? Yeah. Because you can tell that, you know, if he was stood there with a pair of jeans, a t-shirt on and a pint in his hand, <laughs> he'd be going, there's fucking no chance that's a penalty. Unfortunately, yeah. he's got a short top and a whistle in his hand. And he's, <laughs> and, and he's got to look himself in the eye at the end of the day, just look himself in the mirror and go, I've got to give this a pen, you know. And, and you can tell... He absolutely hates himself. Yeah, he does. Oh, he absolutely does. hates it. Karen said it on comments, didn't he? He says he's, he's looking at Monitor and he's going, there's no way on earth this is Ben, but I've got to give it. I've got to give it. I've got to give yeah, it. I've got to give it. I've got to give it. And that's me. what I mean. That's... Go on, Fats. It, it reminds me of, you know, them, them Horlicks adverts back in the day where it's like, how can you sleep at night? He probably, yeah. probably has to have about four of them before he goes to bed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, the thing is, obviously people sleep the referees. It's not the referees. It's clearly... It's the rule for a start. Yeah, it's the rule. They're abiding mm. by the rule. In the end of the day, I know we slate them, but they've been very consistent with it. Like, it would have been wrong to rule it not a penalty. <laughs> yeah. Would have been, yeah. It would have been against the fact that the last four, five, six games this season, penalties have been given for that. So they'd be complaining about the consistency if we didn't give it. Well, so I was, I was kind of yeah. glad it was given. Yeah, I mean... Uh, it's like, in a sense, if, if that makes sense. Yeah, I mean, I mean at the end of the day, it's, it's not humble. It's not. Never in a million years. But the thing is, though, you know, if they hadn't have given it, um, you know, people would have rightly been mad 
and said yeah. how Liverpool have been given a decision yeah. there because, That's of why how, I was it was... because of how bad the decisions have been so far. But the problem with that is, does that mean we're just accepting poor decisions now? I mean, I'm, again, I'm with you. It should have been given because of the state of how football is in this season. But then now that means we're just accepting bad decisions like, oh, well, yeah. you know, it's going to happen. I mean, I'm sure we'll, we'll mention it later with the Leicester game. But again, it's just like, you know, and I was, I was, we were talking about this before we came on. And um, I was actually watching this game with my stepdad. He's not watched a lot of football this season because he's not too keen on it without fans. And it's just not the same for him. <laughs> just, just like my dad, yours. But, but I, I decided, I said to him, I was like, look, it's City Liverpool. I went, it's a big game. You know, come on, we'll, we'll sit down and watch it. So we sat down and watched it. And uh, as soon as it hit his hand, I went penalty. And my stepdad went, not a chance. And I just went, well, do you know what? I went, you can tell how much football you've watched this year because in 2020, that's unfortunately, you take all the things you know about football, (laughs) you take all the things you know about football and you throw it in the bin and just literally go, has it briefly grazed his arm at some point? Handball. Do you know what I mean? It's it's, it's, Thinking about it, Joe Gomez is lucky not to get sent off. Um, But but speaking of penalties, uh, something that that was asked to me the other day uh, was, Looking at how much Man City have had to spend to get two centre-halves, how much do they now have to spend to get a penalty taker? Becoming a bit of an alarming problem with it, me, it, really. It's sticky, mate. Because in, in the last however many penalties, I've seen Gundogan miss, I've seen Aguero miss, De Bruyne's missed. Mares. Mares stiffing one over the bar. Like, <laughs> honestly, the, I, I don't know how much money Jorginho was for Chelsea. But I'm thinking, you know what? Pet Mida just slapped it, just slapped it down, bring it, wheel him on. <laughs> let him do his little hop, skip and a jump. Hop, skip where the fuck did he go? Yeah, just a little whoop, whoop, whoop. And then, and I watch him knock, knock it in, <laughs> bottom bins, jobs are good. And then sub him off. Then, oh, yo, straight, straight off, mate. He's not playing the game. Just whip, <laughs> you don't even, whip don't even that boy off. Don't even warm up. No, no, just come on. It's warm up, he's the run up. Just a little whoop. There we go. But yeah, um, Bing. But yeah, a, a point of peace. Um, it's not a bad result for neither managers. I yeah. think they're both quite pleased. But who um, else put their house on De Bruyne bagging though? Uh, not me this season. I think he's been. I don't think he's been spoken about a lot because he's been so good for the last three years. Arguably the best centre midfielder in world football. But I, I, I am starting to be a bit concerned about his form. Is someone joining my agenda? Um. I am a bit. I really like Kevin De Bruyne. He's, he's one of my favourite players on, we, in world football. Who are you done with, Paul? What but, is this going on here? Like, it's not really fair for him to, to people to go, oh, it's only it's Kevin De Bruyne, isn't it? I mean, if you're watching him for the last three or four games, you'd be a bit concerned. No, Paul, so, it's, like, it's like what I've, what I've been saying. Right? And I, I actually put him as one of my biggest disappointments this season in terms of players when we discussed it the other week. And in the end, we went with like Aubameyang and Marshall because they've stunk to high heaven so you know he got a he got a buy because they've been so bad and um, it's like one of my mates sent me the stats and they were like um how many assists De Bruyne's got this season it's more than you think but an assist stat is so misleading um I mean you know David Beckham got an assist for Michael Owen in 98 to put that in perspective you know <laughs> he ran through the whole pitch David yeah. Beckham got an assist for that yeah. so you know I think Kevin De Bruyne, we don't have to say how good he is. He is... Yeah, everyone knows. He's the best player. For the player past three years, he's been the best midfielder on the planet. 
he has. I know Modric got the Ballon d'Or, but let's forget that. He's been, he's, had the, he's been the best midfielder on the planet, bar none. And actually, to some degree, it's been by quite a distance, actually. Yeah. Um, but this season, uh, and I was saying it to more. I mean, we can't exactly talk. We're not the slimmest of lads. But don't you think he's put on a bit of weight? Yeah, I haven't really checked his weight. I just he looks a bit chunkier to me. Whether it's whether that's fat or muscle. Yeah. You don't. I don't know what it is about De Bruyne. He's just. But even his passing, it's like we watched him against Sheffield United, and he was missing through balls that he normally puts in with his sleep. Um. Well. Well, yeah. Um, well, I'm glad you've mentioned fat and Sheffield United because that brings me on to my next topic. Actually, <laughs> fat. Uh, fat f- <laughs> do, you, do you like what I did there, guys? <laughs> yeah, I, I enjoyed that. You know what, man? Um, I, feel, I feel like I feel like you've done very well there. Yeah, yeah, cracking. If, not, if, if you're watching this program now, turn it off. <laughs> yeah, this yeah. repeat. <laughs> we'll, we'll all give Paul a round of applause. And then we'll... But uh, yeah, yeah Paul, Paul, get it. Paul, Paul, you need to eat more sixty forward. Like, this is a bad time to tell you that I've not been recording the whole time, isn't it? I hope you're joking. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Fat Frank's flying. That's all I'm going to say. That's all we need to say about that game. We'll move on anyway. But yeah, uh, Chelsea won four-one away to um, Sheffield United in the late kickoff on Saturday. Uh, after going one-nil down. First goal they've conceded in six games, I believe. Maybe six. Oh, I don't know. Storm will tell you. Storm will tell me. Oh, wait, he's not. He's missing. Um, he's drunk, I think. No, he's oh, actually yeah. didn't score. That's why he's not mentioned it. Um, it's a really good result for him. I, I mean, the biggest concern from the old game for me is Sheffield United look a shadow of themselves from last season. Um, I feel second season syndrome comes to comes to mind at the minute with them. Um, I've said it a few times on the podcast that in a season of chaos and a season of goals and a season of not many clean sheets, I think them and Burnley are clearly looking like they're struggling at the minute. Um, it's got to the point where a lot of people are speaking about um, Wilder's future, not future, but like, they're just a bit like, well, what's he, what, what are we gaining here with him at the minute? We're not scoring goals because we've not got enough goal scorers in our team. I think that's acceptable. If you've got Magogic playing, who did score to be fair, if you've got Magogi, Chelsea. Yeah, it's, yeah. It's all, all, he, all he's good for, mate. But yeah, if you've got if you've got the likes of him, um, Sharp, Musa, um, McBurner, and you're not keeping the clean sheets you did, which was the biggest asset of last year, grinding out one nils, two nils. I feel like a broken record, saying all this. Haven't yeah. you lost some some key centre arms as well? Uh, yeah, what's his name? O'Connor's not been Jack here for the whole season. Yeah. For the whole season, which is a big miss. And Dean Anderson. Not in that. I, I actually think that Dean Henderson for Ramsdale is is the the biggest. What well, one of the biggest reasons why they're going to be fighting for relegation? Because Ramsdale. I mean, I know you've got him in your fantasy team more, but he's <laughs> no, hey, Paul, no, 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 no. To be fair, to, to be fair to more, I will let him explain afterwards. There is reason. There is logic, and it has gained in points, but he's absolutely garbage. Um, yeah. And the thing is, though, it's like we've said this on a few occasions. And um, originally, when they sold Brewster, as Liverpool fans, we liked Brewster. Um, we thought, great, he's going to get some first team football. I look at it now and just think, I'd, I'd rather see him on the bench um, because 
he's feeding off absolute scraps. Mm. And this, I don't, I don't, I mean, I, I put a bet with Gook on that, you know, he'd get more than five goals. I'm no longer convinced. Gook, <laughs> uh, if you want it, if you want it now, or, in, you know, if you want it, some like 58p or whatever it is. Um, but I, I just, I just think that it's, uh, it's going to be tough for them. Uh, but I think moving on from, from Sheffield, because, We've said this every week how bad they are. I, I think yeah. Chelsea are coming into their own. But, yeah, go on, more. Go on, explain. Sorry. Just before we do move on from Sheffield, because I'm not quite done giving them the slander that they deserve, because <laughs> I'll, I'll be really, really honest with you. I was a massive Sheffield United fan last year. However, for a team to get 29% possession in a 90-minute football game... Sticky. You, you can't come off that pitch... 2-9, mate. 2-9. You can't walk off that pitch and say that you've had... You've, you've, Tried your hardest. What's no. like, 29% of the ball? It must be like. 10% of it must be kickoffs. I'll tell you what. That's what I'm you thinking. Carry, if keep, you carry on. Keep ball you carry on. I'm just, I'm just working it out now. So, Karen, what are you going to say? I'll work it out. Yeah. Because I, I genuinely can't understand how you can justify, you know, say, saying in the media or saying to your mates or whatever, oh, it was a tough one today, but we gave it our best. You've had 29% of the ball. I genuinely yeah. do not understand it. I'm, I'm, I pulled the stats up here. Like Chelsea, ninety percent pass accuracy. Sheffield United, sixty-eight. Like, c- come on, boys! Damning stats, got, that is, man. You've got to help yourselves. You've got to. Yeah. It, but they were beaten all over the pitch. They have. Well, they made fourteen fouls to Chelsea's five. They were chasing the game for the entirety of it. They could not get anywhere near him. And this is a Chelsea. Fair enough, they've looked okay, but it's not Pep Barcelona. You can get it, Chelsea. You really yeah. can. But it's absolutely scandalous. I've, I've worked you can't out expect more. to win games like that. Go on. I've worked out more. If, in a 90-minute match, I believe if you've got 29% of possession, you've had the ball in total of about 24 minutes. And five of that's kick-off. That's shocking. That yeah. is shocking. I mean, I know you. I know you. T- I'm not going to obviously mention Fat Frank and say Pep Guardiola in the same breath, right? But we'll, we'll stop talking. Then. <laughs> we'll move on. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> but it does give credit. To, you've got to give credit to Fat Frank when it's deserved. End of the day, they're on quite a decent stretch. I believe it's they've not they've won every game since the Southampton game, which they drew three all, which we gave them a massive stick about. They've conceded one goal, I believe, which is the game against Sheffield United. A very, a very well worked corner. Mm. But um, go on, Fats. What, what I would say is, I mean, before we really fucking lick Frank's arse here, I know you who, don't like him. Who they play, Who they played? <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't matter, does it? It's the momentum. It's the look. End of the day, the end of the day, the, the winning teams they can only beat what's in front of them, Fats. I know you can't stand him. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't think. I'm I don't think Fats is like. I don't think Fett dislikes him for football reasons. I just think Fett dislikes him because Fat Frank, let's take it, is gammon, mate. <laughs> He's gammon and also Storm at the minute is very loud. And, and, I, and, I, and I, 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 I think that, you know, if it was actually someone of your, Jürgen Klopp's way, if it was Hasenhutl getting all these results and playing this way that Chelsea are right now, you'd be like, oh, God, yes, big Ralph. But instead, because <laughs> it's Fat Frank... And he, and he can't wait to have a fucking sausage bean and cheese melt and he gets it all down his face. That, that's why you're against him. He's 100% a Brexiteer, Pat Frank, and you cannot stand it. 
to be fair, to be fair with Frank, obviously, I'm, I'm, I'm I am taking the piss. I, I, the thing is, though, like, it, my, my thing with Chelsea at the moment is they, they play very, very good football against teams they should be, and most of the time, shall we say. Um, but the thing is with them is, um, last season they dropped quite a lot of points from these sort of games. So you, you, you know, fair play to them. They are resurrecting some of it, and since they've since they've got Mendy in, and they've got a couple of their notable signings has branched into the team a bit more, they have been a much better side. You look at the goal scorers, uh, Chilwell, um, uh, Werner. Werner's goal, I mean, he took it well. It took a big deflection to get to. Yeah, it did. But, but, the finish, <laughs> yeah, but, but he finished it, and that's what he does. He's a finisher. Um, you've got Timo Werner, uh, Chilwell. Who else? Yeah. Uh, did Ziyech score as well? No. No, it's just the two scored? goals. Uh, Chilwell, Thiago Silva, and Tammy. Tammy got, got the first. Thiago Silva, my, my number one boy. Your favourite. Um, <laughs> your, your, home, your home dog, yeah. But the thing is with Thiago Silva, I'm going to give him some credit. You're not going to hear it off. You feeling all right? Uh, he's, he's playing Fucking well. Old guys. He's playing well. Uh, but the thing is, though, with my thing with Chelsea, and um, and I've said it to Storm on, on a few, few occasions, because he has been very loud on the group chat, um, is... When Chelsea play someone to their standard or higher, they don't win. No. But in That's all fairness, the thing I will say about that is the fact that they have got the tools that they've been wanting all season. They've got Ziyech, who's looking incredible, I must say. He's looking like he's going to fit right into that side every week. He's going to play every week. He's going to be the main man for goals, but for creativity, yeah, some of which Arsenal are lacking. Yeah, but, he's a fantastic footballer. He's a fantastic footballer. He's, he's looking incredible at the minute. But um, but yeah, at the minute, whilst they've had all the players back, okay, they've not had the biggest of tests since the Liverpool game, which they was down to ten men. Um, few play, players are injured, but I think it's promising for Frank at the minute. I feel like he's starting to settle on a team. Yeah, I agree. Um, a couple of players that have obviously been brought in are settling quite quickly. I know Thiago Silva started pretty poorly. Especially against the West Brom game, but it couldn't have been worse, could it? As a, as couldn't a have started worse for him. Couldn't have started better for your agenda, but it's starting to it's it's starting to unravel for Frank. I think I'm not going to say they're going to come top four, but I'm I'm going to say that they are looking like that eleven that we all expected at the start of the season. Are, Maybe not on yeah, and I mean, like it says, they're settling on a back four. They've got a better left back. They've got a guy that can lead them. Okay, they've got a questionable centre back alongside him. But he's playing all right. You've got Reese James. The keeper looks good, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's, it's set on the back four. I've said this many times when we was at Liverpool, with Liverpool and Mignolet. It doesn't matter what back four you've got in front of you. If you've got a goalkeeper that ain't got a fucking Barry Blue, what he's doing, he's gonna have the back four on fucking edge. And I feel like that's what happened to a lot of the Chelsea defenders when Kepa was there. There was quite there's there's good enough defenders to just play for Chelsea, but they just look shy because the keeper behind didn't have a fucking clue what they were doing. But yeah, I just wanted to say that. I mean, big up Chelsea for the last few games. I feel like they've been they've been really good and they are looking in the right direction finally. So I know Storm's going to be smiling and beaming and being very loud. So I feel like we're best to move on to a team. Go on. Chelsea, uh, what I would say is, you know, if, if they keep it up and, and get some results against someone who actually matters, then, you know, maybe we'll talk. Yeah. Well, n- next two games are Newcastle and, Chelsea and, uh, and Spurs. So if they get six points out of that, then we'll start talking yeah. about them. Yeah, team that we will move on to next, which is a team we normally love talking about, but I don't think we're going to enjoy this as a trio today. Um, 
Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, uh, he looked like his job was on the line. Shocking result of the week uh, in midweek against Istanbul. And then they come back. Everton, first game of the week, dub. Can I, can I say that this is a very bittersweet moment for me? Mm, yeah. <laughs> Why is no, that? No, I, I, I understand <laughs> exactly what you're about because, to say. <laughs> because Oli has one which has saved his job. So that is fantastic. <laughs> Yippee! That's no, no, that, is, that is fantastic news for Wakey Wakey Gang. Oh, break out the red panties. It's, it's fantastic because, you know, as we all know, well, as long as Ole Gunnar Solskjaer is United manager, they win nothing. So, you know, him winning the game is fantastic. However, you know, it's been Oli win, isn't it? You know, Ollie's at the wheels back again. It's coming, isn't it? You know, just remember we're not a biased podcast here. The six. No, but, and also my fa- my favourite part of Sixty Four Worms Club is our weekly, normally show called United Slander, which I think we are on part nine or ten. Yeah, um, it's to double figures, I think. And and that's my favourite part. So the fact that we can't do that and we can mention how well they played is. Isn't the best, but I did think they played quite well. I thought uh, Bruno had a good game. It's it shows how much better they are as a club when he actually turns up. Um, yeah. obviously a debut goal for Gavani, one off what Storm predicted. Of yeah, two, Storm's you know. halfway there. How many games are we in? Nine, something like that. <laughs> Even a broken clock's right twice a day. I wouldn't read too much into it just yet. <laughs> um, the thing is, though, I mean. I'm going to let you talk about how good United played. What I'm going to say is Everton stink. And I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to just going in on this because this is the greatest Everton team we've ever seen, right? Yeah. And, and they're on, um, is it three or four back-to-back losses now? Three? They're on three in a row. The plus three in a row. Okay. I mean, the title, the title challenge has gone off. I mean, you know, since, since they ruined our season by scraping a, a dodgy offside and injuring our best player... We've gone unbeaten and they've lost all games. So, well done, Everton. See you next year. But um, also, I got a lot of stick for, you know, my, my initial pick on James Rodriguez. Where was he the other day? Yeah, he's recovering from an injury. Oh, Bruce Nutsack. Give me a break. But, but I think that, that's the thing, though, Chris. Once again, I mean, there is a stat and it's wild about how they do not win unless Richarlison is on the pitch. It is the wildest stat because he's such a no-oper. Like you, you, you don't bank on him to get him goals. You don't bank on him to flip games on the red. But unless Richarlison plays, they do not get points. And it's backwards. And since he signed, if he's not played, they ain't got a point. That's a shambles. When, when did Richarlison he sign? Uh, what about three years ago? I want to say, yeah, three seasons. That is um, wild, isn't it? That's wild. But yeah, no, I think you know it's the honeymoon period for their seasons over now. It's back to being Everton. I think. Yeah. Now, now all they've done is won the transfer window again. That's it. Um, well, no, I, I don't really agree with that. I don't think they played. I don't think they played that bad. I, it's this isn't the Everton of old, guys. In my opinion, um, I don't think they've got a good enough team to. Going cause upset still. I still think they'll be there or thereabouts at the end of the season. Maybe they're obviously not being high as what everyone expected after the first four games, which is madness. I mean, no one, you can't um, like suggest where teams are going to finish four games into the season. But they did look good. They've still got, like you says, they've still got Allen. They've still got 
Don Calvert-Lewin up front that's still causing problems. Okay, he had a bit of a quiet game against Man United. Um, but yeah, I don't think they played that badly. I just sometimes it just didn't go, it just didn't go for them against Man United. And Man United took the chances and it was ruthless, which was something Ollie would have been very impressed with. To be fair, and, it just backs my anti-Everton agenda. But yeah, go on. What? 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 <laughs> just, just the fact that they've just started playing shit again. I, I just, I just jump all over it. So. I do, no, I, do I, I agree. I agree. I they've lost three. Any the day they've lost three in a row. That's not good enough. I do um, appreciate that. You know, I, I do go over the board when slander and Everton, and I do also when slander and United. But you know, yeah. as you've mentioned, it, United did play. I thought United played really well. Yeah, I did. I did think they played well. Apart from making Bernard look like Ronaldinho in the first twenty. It, it, yeah, after the obviously when Bernard <laughs> scored, I thought here we go again, same old United. But I think they grew into the game after that. I think they controlled it when they went two one up. Um, but yeah, I think I think Everton have got tools to cause upset this season. I still think they've got Digne, like I said, Digne, Richard, not Rich, well, Richarlison when he comes back, a bit of a handful. I don't I don't rate him massively. Don Calvert Lewin, um, Hamas mm. Rodriguez. So yeah, there's, I could go on. They've, they've got it, it, it gives him a um, it gives him a runner off the ball, which currently they've not got. I mean, I think I touched on it last week when they had a midfield five that belong in a nursing home. <laughs> Gilfie Sigurdsson, one of them. Honestly, Gilfie Sigurdsson, <laughs> Gomez. Alan, like they're all slower than a week in jail. James Rodriguez, <laughs> Sh- Shambol. Slower than a week in jail. <laughs> Honestly, there's very little dynamism in that. Too. Even when they bring Alex Iwobi on as a super sub, you're thinking he's just the best they can fucking they do. Yeah. They do turn like milk, that midfield, don't they? Honestly. Lads, honestly, honestly, they're so sluggish. <laughs> so unless they've, got, unless they've got a Richarlison on the pitch, who can genuinely just make a run in behind. Yeah. Even if you don't give him the ball, it makes space for somebody else. Like I said, it's not that, all... Just, yeah, it's sometimes not all personality. It's the fact that it's the system. I feel like a lot of players, like, like Man United, Man United have got some of their best players on the bench, but because the system doesn't work for them. Well, because they finally, they finally listened to the pod. They've, they finally thought, you know what? This is like youth. He seems like he knows what he's talking about. <laughs> Let's not try and play all his best players in midfield. Yeah, this is what I mean. This is what I'm saying. Let's make, let's make a team around our best player, Fernandez. He is their best player by miles. Let's make a team around him. So what can we do? We'll set up a wall behind him. Albeit, you know, it's not, not the best wall. It's more of a Trump wall. Isn't it? With Fred and <laughs> more like bring on the wall. <laughs> yeah, more like, more like bring on the wall. Yeah. It's, um, you know, it, it's it's not the it's not the Great Wall of China. It's um, you know, <laughs> it is like the Great Wall of China. You've seen it. It's, it's the average rubble. wall. Of, the <laughs> average wall of Stretford. But it's um, but it's something, and it gives Fernandez so much room to play in. Because yeah, it's it gives him that freedom. Play. It gives him that freedom in that diamond position. Yeah, where you can run into the look, box quite saying, late. That's what I mean. And then when we're saying you know um, Everton don't have someone who can run in behind, that's all United have got players who can run in behind. Yeah, I know, Rashford yeah. can run in behind. Marshall won't score. Dunk team gets shots on target, but he runs in behind. And yeah. that's all that matters. And it makes so much space for Fernandez. So much space for him. Yeah, he, he had the entire pitch to play in there. No one got close to him. When does Marshall's form become a concern for United fans? I mean, I think it's already a concern, but, you know, I'm biased. And, um, um, you know, all this, all this talk... People, people bring up people, people, people bring up people bring up Bobby's stats all the time. You know, get a shot on target first, lads. Marshall FC, where are you, Mister Ice Cold? Where, where are the stand? Where are the stand accounts, bro? Ice Cold in his vein. 
Martial has had more shots in his own goal than he has opposition goals. I need, to, I need to stop talking about Marshall because people are going to start thinking I've got some serious hatred for him. But, you know, it's just... I just think that this season he has... I mean, you say he run behind. He didn't do any running at the, the weekend. No, he just... I think the problem with Man United at the minute um, with that, with that situation, I don't... Like I said, it was a good result for him. Can't take anything away from that. But the difference between with Bobbitt Bobby's been out of form, which we spoke about many times on this podcast, but you've got a guy on the bench that's coming on and scoring, who's pushing for his position. And by this Saturday, Klopp had a decision where he had to play Jota. Yeah, granted they played both of them, but he, he, do you know what I mean? He's bringing him into the squad like, right, you've got competition yeah. here, Bobby. You've got a guy that's scoring goals. Martial hasn't got that Man United, really. All right, they brought Cavani, and he scored on Saturday, but like, He's not banging at the door, is it? Where he's like, right, Marshall's going to have to get dropped soon. No, he's, he's not banging at the door. He's not. Um, but he did score. Yeah. So, well, the thing about Cavani is, it, it seems quite obvious to me that he's very happy playing 15, 20 minutes. Yeah, I, I, I have that. And, yeah, and, and maybe yeah. getting a goal a month. Maybe getting a goal a month. Best well, case scenario. Two okay. goals a season, hopefully. Something along them lines. Exactly. But, yeah. With Cavani, though, you know, because Marshall's been so bad, is there a case that he doesn't play in the next league game? Uh, yeah. I think he will, but I'd... Is Green, where's Greenwood gone? Is he fit? I was about to say, I was about to mention Greenwood because I, ooh, I, I don't ooh. even think he scored in the Premier League this season, has he not? Some, um, some big stories coming on about Greenwood. I'll, uh, I'll pull him up for you now, mate. Carry on. But yeah, um, Greenwood's a bit of a strange one. Obviously, since the, the scandal in... Iceland or wherever it was, I can't remember. Lidl, I don't know which one it was. Um, but since then, he, the, he has been fed to that squad. Obviously, he was a staple in that. I'm not having that. I'm not having that. That was awful. <laughs> <laughs> but um, enough of my terrible jokes. But, but like, I'd like to apologise to the listeners. Yeah, anyone that's just turned off, that's my fault. I'm so sorry. But, um, but obviously, since that scandal, he's been fed to that the team. And so did Foden at the start of, for Man City. And then all of a sudden, Foden starts gradually getting back in the team, starts starting, classic Pep, interchanging in with him, being on the bench, starting on the bench, starting, but getting goals, creating. Whereas, I haven't seen that with Greenwood. I don't feel like, I don't even know if he started since that, like in the Premier League, shall I, I say. I don't think he's fit. But that's what I mean. It's just a bit, I, like my verdict's hard because obviously there's a lot more to it, but I just find the situation a bit strange. He's, he's barely played. I know he scored in the Champions League, but, do you reckon for us, getting on the, uh, so getting on the old powder? I don't know. It's just a bit. Somewhat, I've heard rumours. I'm guessing this is what Scissor's about to say. I've heard his attitude stinks. Um, but yeah, I just don't get why he's not been starting. It's just he was their best player last season. In my opinion. For, for, well, probably not as not as more influential as Bruno was last season, but he was a really big he was top three. Yeah, he was a proper goal threat, and he was a guy that started every week. Hey. And if he wasn't on the pitch, then you'd be a bit like, I'm, I'm interested. I'm very interested in, in what Moore's got to say. Here. Yeah, go on, Moore. For, before we, carry, well, yeah, before we go to a break and we'll uh, discuss the rest of them, let's finish yeah, on this yeah. note. So, once again, I'm going to introduce the caveat, as I always do with any form of footballing-based news story. This has come from the Daily Mirror, so take it with a pinch of gammon. As a prerequisite, as a prerequisite, no pineapple, no chips, no egg, just gammon. But um, 
bit, bit of a bit of a training ground bust up, mate, between um, oh, okay. Mason Greenwood and 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 one absolute superstar wunderbar Bruno Fernandez, right? But but bit, bit, bit of training ground controversy. Um, now it is alleged, and I'm going to use that word so I don't incriminate myself. Yeah, strongly. That, um, that word. Oh yeah, the, with a capital O, alleged <laughs> that um, that Bruno Fernandez has tried to slide in a through ball for uh, for Mason Greenwood, and Greenwood didn't fancy it, so he just stood, he just stayed there, and walked off. Um, and then Fernandez has taken exception to what he thought was a perfectly carved. You know, wonderful, wonderfully shaped through ball. As it would have been, uh, as as it would have been, because <laughs> the stat pad would have done it. It's Bruno. All, all, oh god! Could you imagine getting on the end of a fucking Bruno through ball? I won't be able to sleep for weeks. Um, <laughs> you would not make it. Then, yeah, I've like, seen you run. <laughs> <laughs> all right, standing leg fair. Go on, son. Um, so yeah, they've had a they've had an argument in the training ground, uh, and now they've. Now the recommend now Greenwood is apparently being recommended to a sports psychologist to sort his head out. People are saying he's not been the same um, same bloke since he um, got told off from England and whatever. Uh, he's been turning up to training late throughout throughout all of. That's October. what I mean. That's what I've read. I've read that his attitude's been a bit shit with that training, and he's been disciplined for training uh, being late for it. So yeah, yeah. I'm sure it's going to all unravel soon with him because, like I said, I think people are going to start questioning like where is Mason Greenwood gone. But yeah, um, shall, we, shall we take a break, lads, and then just finish off the last few take games? Break, mate. Yeah, man. Go ahead. Peace. Uh. Yo, we're back from our break. Uh, we have a, a new addition here, actually. Uh, Storm has joined us. Corey Tarpe. Say hello. How are we doing? I'm all right, man. Uh, shall we go on to the, the next game? Well, we're... Leicester, top of the league, with a 1-0 win against Wolves at home. Um, yeah, top of the league, I'm on. Uh, that, yeah. I think that was the fourth team, was it the third team on Sunday to go top of the league? Yeah, I was, I was going to say that. I mean, it's been, it was a day of tops. Um, was. I think it, it, was, it was interesting because if we'd have won as well, we'd have gone top of the league as well. So it, it would have been like four teams top. I think it, it started off with uh, Spurs go top. Then well, no, Southampton was top at the start. Then Spurs went top. Then Leicester went top. And then obviously they stayed there. Um, but Villa, if they win the game in hand, go top. So yeah, I've just I've just been reading that before we started. Actually, yeah, I realised that Villa <laughs> pretty, got a game in hand, haven't they? A little, little. But yeah, um, a bit a bit controversial. Another handball disaster. I mean, we're not going to go heavy on it because we've already spoke about what we think about the handball rule at the minute. But yeah. Probably worse than Joe Gomez. Oh, but um, Vardy penalty. Um, quite a, a good performance, I believe, from Leicester. Um, good defensively. Uh, um, two penalties, actually, at the end. Uh, Vardy missed the second one, which was a bit disappointing from our fantasy team. I'm not going to lie to you. It wasn't. No, your fantasy team. It made me look a right fucking melon was, after I picked you in the top five that. penalty takers last week. Yeah, <laughs> he made me. He made me look a right more. <laughs> what a stiff, what a stiff idiot he is, missing a pen. What's that about? But yeah, um, a really good defensive performance. I think after going one nil up, uh, Wolves had quite a few chances. Ruben Neves almost scored a worldie again from outside the box. Lovely save from Smarco. But yeah, um, a few decent results for Brendan Rodgers, which has got him top of the league. Um, 
I know that this pod's slated him now and again. Yeah, I've got, yeah. I've got to eat, I've got to eat humble pie, Anna, with Brendan Rodgers. The stats, the stats from the game. I'm just looking at them now. They're they're really evenly matched. Yeah, well, it was they a bit. Both, yeah, it says had, it was quite it, tight. It was they a good game. Had, they both had fifty percent possession. Leicester had three shots on target. Wolves had two. They both had ten shots touches. Leicester had six hundred and sixty-one. Wolves had six hundred and seventy-nine. They both Very had tight. just over just both both over five hundred passes, clearances and tackles pretty much the same, and interestingly enough, head to head, they've both won two and they've drawn three. Yeah, cheers, well, Jeff. Cheers, well, Jeff. Thanks for that. Well, so that storms just, input just thought, for the day. Yeah, just thought I'd chirp in with a little. Well, the thing the thing with Leicester is as well. I mean, obviously, like I say, we we given Brendan uh, a lot of slander. Um, I mean, sometimes it is unfair. I'm not going to lie. I think part of it is due to the fact that I, I, I think he bottles it normally on the big stage. Um, mm. but, but the thing is with, with Brendan, uh, with the start that they've had, is they've had quite a, a big injury record this season. I know we've yeah. spoken about it with us. Um, all the clubs have had loads of injuries. But Leicester, I mean, they've got Sionchu out for a long time. Uh, and Didi, was he playing? I'm pretty sure he's injured. Uh, yeah, I think he um, was. They've, you been, know. they've been really lucky with the fact that Fofana's stood in. So yeah, well for he looks a baller as well. He looks yeah. mean. What did they pay for him? Everyone was crying because they paid like 40, 40 million for him. Yeah. That, looks, that looks cheap now. Oh, he stinks of a 70 mil Chelsea sign in the summer, doesn't he? Oh, he does <laughs> He does indeed. I know I was here to miss the Chelsea chat, but yeah, if I had to put one thing on Chelsea, that reeks of a big Chelsea bid. It does. Him or Declan Rice? <sighs> I'd be quite jealous of anyone that actually gets him. I, I'm a massive, massive, massive fan of him. I've not really not watched any of him before I went to the Premier League. But he looks, he just looks like, he just looks the package, man. He just looks like he's got everything. For a 19-year-old as well, to come mm. into that Leicester back four, like, like clean sheet, good I, defensive I'm a, performance. I'm a big fan of the centre backs that ooze confidence because you don't really. Do you know when you see new signings of centre backs, you don't really see it very often. And yeah, like, yeah. I don't want to like blow Chelsea trumpet with Thiago Silva, but obviously he's going to ooze confidence because he's nearly dead. He's, <laughs> he's old as fault. Do you know what I mean? He's been doing all it all. He's got is confidence. Yeah, exactly. But <laughs> when you get a 19-year-old coming into a side like that, and Playing the way that he's playing, I'm yeah, I'm a big fan of the centre backs doing shit like that. Rate it. But yeah, it was, um, yeah, go, go on. on. Go, no, go on, fast, go on. No, I was just going to say it was, it was just a, a a good win for for Leicester. You know they've they've managed to like you say with their injuries they've got scraped through some some games. I think the, one of the biggest shocks like you've mentioned there was not only that the penalty was given for the first one, uh, but then with the the penalty. The second one was so clear, and then Vardy missed it. So technically, you know, it was one all in pens. So it actually yeah. evened itself out, yeah. which never normally happens in football. Um, but I think that evened itself out because they had one penalty that was shit that they scored, another penalty that was nailed on and they missed. So I think that's fair. Yeah, um, but like it says, really good result from the ticking at the minute under Brandon and another guy that's got their team ticking. We're all a big fan of uh, the Saints. We're here Hassan for the Saints. We are here Saints. for Hassan Hootl. Oi, Shea Adams, what a baller. Don't tell Gook that because he'll be up pod. 
<laughs> what a what a baller! I think I think Southampton now. I mean, I know you know in football it's, you can't really have second clubs, can you? But like, I love Southampton. I love watching Southampton play football, and I think they do everything like with with such like really good attacking play. Um, they've got players like Danny Ings. I mean, Danny Ings is on fire. I know he's he's been. I think he looks injured, doesn't he, at the moment? But you know, this season he'll be on fire. Them and them and Villa, I think, just play just <laughs> gorgeous football at the moment, which yeah. it's it's a joy to watch, really. Yeah, it is. On the coaching side as well, obviously, I think it's fair to say that Southampton haven't got really the best of 11s They've got a lot of players that are, you'd say, average footballers. Well, Paul, me and, getting... went, me, me and you went through it the other day, didn't we? Went through the team. Yeah. Like it says, Oriol Romeo, Jan Vestergaard, the, yeah. some of the players you look at him and think McCarthy in there, oh, how are they play in Premier League football, but, but that just just, just shows you how well they're into him and it works. Yeah, as long exactly. as it's working. Well, they've lost Hoiberg as well, which I know mm. at, at the time I wasn't a big fan of Hoiberg. I'm not gonna lie, he has grown on me since he's joined Spurs, but um, that's a big name on their team sheet. Um, who's who's left, and they've they've just adapted without him. Yeah, um, just it just shows you. I mean, a lot of people have last few week or so been talking about Hassan or maybe getting a bigger job. But I wanted to stay. At, I wanted to stay at Southampton. Actually, I wanted to the next two or three years. I mean, end of this season, Southampton, like you says, could be challenging for European places. With how they're playing at the minute, you've obviously got one of the best informed strikers in the league. You've got a guy that's working off him that's scoring the goals that Guk suggested he would. So, yeah, it's looking really good for both sides, for Southampton and for um, uh, Leicester. So, yeah, that's all I was going to touch on that, basically. But what we wanted to talk about before we get into the Q&A is, to finish off the show, we've got to talk about this Leeds Palace, the Leeds Palace game. So, Palace won 4-1 to Leeds, which is a bit worrying. Leeds are leaking a lot of goals at the minute. Um, but we have got to talk about the worst offside decision I think we can all say we've ever seen. Oh, it's awful. This is the epitome of, hi, my name's Var and I'm here to fuck shit. <laughs> <laughs> it, literally, it, 2020 is in an image is the still of that offside. It's yeah, so it really is. It's <laughs> fucking shit. Honestly, oh, they forged the frame at the wrong bit. They put draw the line from the wrong part of the defender. And then they've got the mind to give him offside. Because, because of his arm. Because of his arm. I forgot we, you could we, score with your elbows, lads. Oh. This is the thing. But we, we all know, we all know for, a, for an absolute fact, that if you happen to score with that part of your arm, they'd find some reason to give it and ball. The 100% would do. But oh, I, I just don't get it, man. But I mean, like I say, once we've done an argument about it, uh, as I say, I've solved VAR, so don't worry, we'll come back to that. So, yeah, we'll, we'll, have a, solved... we'll have a special episode on what the, what are the, what the FA have got to do. I've genuinely, so, I've, honestly, Paul, I've genuinely solved it, mate. You, you're in now, for a treat. Now, Storm, we, we said earlier, we said, you know, um, when it comes to pay-per-view, you know, FA listened to us and stopped that. Um, yeah. So now, so now our next target is the offside rule, and uh, we're not going to stop until we've campaigned that out. Yeah, um, I've solved but, it, mate. I've solved it. But I, before you do that, I just want to say I think I know we would say leadership in a lot of goals. You mentioned like 
I thought they were really unlucky. Yeah, they um, were. The because, goals they conceded were unlucky as well. Because, because when you think about it, they had that offside goal, which they should have got. I mean, you could argue that that's an extra goal in their, in their team for that game. I know it doesn't quite work like that. Um, and then that Helder Costa own goal was so freakish. Yeah, very freakish. I've never seen an own goal scored from that far out from that tighter margin. Yeah. He swazzed it. Like, yeah, it's, yeah. it's almost... It's borderline, it's borderline impossible. Jeremy Lynch would be proud of that. <laughs> Mr. Swazdeckers himself. Yeah, yeah, he would. <laughs> Did you know, um, speaking on Leeds, saying that they are unlucky, uh, I said it from the start, the, the way that they play football is, if it goes right, yeah, it's really effective. But if they don't get it right, they're going to get they're going to get leathered. Yeah, they are going to get leathered because if they're out, of, if if they play man man to man marking throughout the entire pitch, eleven men, everyone sticks to one person, and if one person breaks that, the ho- the the rest of the team have got to break it because then they're out of position. So it just leaves the gap. I don't. I think when I watch Leeds play football, the problem is when. Like yeah, when I'm saying when they do play really well, it looks really nice. But when you start to notice when players aren't up to the level of other teams, what they are playing against, and they do start leaving their men and not watching what they're doing, you can just see that they are going to leak goals. Which yeah. it's not. It's not really Leeds' fault. It's Bielsa's way of football, and it does work for them clearly because some of the results that they've had this season. But it is going to be a problem coming up against teams that maybe put in a low block and then sort of the leads will be thinking, oh, how do we how do we get around this type of marking? Because they're not really coming onto us, so we haven't really got to mark them that much. And if they're thinking, right, so do we sit back and let them come onto us and try and do it that way? Because they've never really had to do that, have they? They always no. try and stick it on every other team. So And, ob- and obviously like team, last season obviously yeah. like last season a lot of teams that would have played with against they would have been um far better quality of them do you know what I mean yeah. so obviously like when it comes to the Premier League it's a massive I know it's spoken about thousands of times but it's a massive gap the championship to the Premiership but, championship yeah, this is the why I've always said when at the start people had them top half finish I, st- I, d- I still don't see them finishing top half regardless of the way that they do play football no I don't see either but I think anything close to the top half is, is a good yeah I think front. well I had them as I think I had them as 14th which I still think is fair well they are 15th currently so I know they're 15th currently but <laughs> if they finish 14th, I think that's. Dizzy Heights are 14th for my United. I did miss the first half. Have we had any United slander? Well, they won. Can't slander. I know they won, man. but come on. Gotta yeah. stick something in there. Yeah, we, can, we can only slander them. <laughs> <laughs> we, we, we tried. We honestly, Storm. Storm, really you're, Storm you're making it sound like an agenda now. You're making it sound like an agenda. And it's that's not, not an agenda, I'm sorry. <laughs> an agenda. There's three Liverpool fans that started off the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but obviously, like he says, we're touching on the Leeds and Palace game uh, purely on the fact that the handball was the most ludicrous thing I've ever seen. If you, if you haven't seen it, please go and have a look at it. Quick one, mate. Do you, do you want me to solve it now in 30 seconds? Or go on, go on. So, this is a Scissors FA Cup, FA Roundup, not FA Cup Roundup, FA Roundup. Are you listening? Yeah. Right, so um, so I'd like to point out to the uh, to the execs at the FA, I am giving this advice for free. However, if you would like to slap a mill in my bank, by all means, because I've genuinely solved all of your plight. Wait, drop the, <laughs> drop the sort code. Gen- <laughs> Genuinely. 402904. Hit me up. <laughs> Genuinely. Really straightforward. 
umpire's call. <laughs> yeah. And you, and, you, and you just have a look at it and go, if you have to get the lines out, don't, don't bother. Just stick with the on-field decision and move on. Yeah. Done. It is, is that... done. In the same way that they do with cricket, oh, it's a bit too close to call that one. Fuck it, not out. Exactly yeah. the same system. You just go, right, I tell you what, lads. I mean, because of, we, we know that there's a bit of doubt in the system as to where he's actually played the ball from. I know there's a bit of doubt because of the frame rate. We don't know where he is. I know there's a bit of doubt because the line itself is, you know, it's a case of exactly where you put it on the person. As soon as you have to put, you know, fetch the lines out, sack it off, stick with the on-field decision. And then it's a linesman's argument. That's it. Yeah. Done. What I would, what I would say, you're, you're welcome. What I would say more is, is to sum up perfectly what you've, what you've said there. You know, every, everything seems to have like a, a slogan these days. Um, you know, obviously, you know, catch it, bin it, kill it was the classic one back in the day, wasn't it? Eat out but to help out. That was a double one. Help out. I think, right, this one here could be lines out, move on. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. I thought my little comment was really bad earlier. So, yeah. <laughs> really bad. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, moving on from uh, the VAR shambles. I mean, we are let's let's face it, absolutely sick and tired of talking about it. End of day, it's, I know we mentioned earlier, it's not going to get changed because it's not going to get changed until the end of next season, until the start of next season. So we're just going to have to put with. I'm afraid. But yeah, we'll talk about the um, the questions that we've had in by a few people. I've got I've got one thing just before we move on to that because I was thinking just you know. Um, of little things that we can do. Uh, and I was thinking one of the features that I think is missing from a show like this is, you know, a little feature which I like to call L of the week. Now, we've not brought this in yet. Yeah. But I was thinking, you know, it'd be nice to have every week someone chooses a big, fat, massive L from the week. And, uh, you know, you describe why you think it's an L. So... For my L of the week this week, Luckman. Oh, <laughs> oi, no. Oh, my God. You might have won L of, L of the week before I even said mine. That oi, is that's L of the month. Never no, mind the week. Do you know what I mean? But like, you know, if we just say, like, look, this is, this is the L of the week. Adam Ola Luckman, off you, bit, off you go, lad. 96 yeah. minutes to get a point. For Fulham as well, scraping at the bottom. What do you reckon? Do you, do I reckon Scott Parker probably congratulated him on trying that because he's that much of a fucking. Kid. No, I think Scott Parker would have gone fucking no. ham on him. Uh, uh, Adam Ola Luckman has not been seen since full time. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Isn't Scott Parker's boot I, currently do you know what, do you on his way to Do you know what gets me about Fulham? <laughs> I feel so sorry for Lube Lerm Softest Cheeks. Of course you do. He's your boy. Deserve, he don't deserve it. He don't deserve that, man. No. It's, it's, it's at his level now, isn't it? Let's face it. He don't, deserve that. he don't deserve that shit, man. He should have took that pen. Right, that's it then. That's a new feature for the podcast now. L of the week. Fats has I mean, introduced it. I mean, so I, next... I'm, I'm not even going to say mine because mine was going to be Tierney tripping himself up in this. Oh, no. <laughs> oh, no. Now we're talking. It, you, know, you, know the same way, you know the same way that you do every time we play seven? That standing leg feeter. Standing leg Tierney, mate. Standing leg Tierney. That was absolutely incredible. Wait, he actually managed to do a standing leg skanking leg. I don't, I don't know how he managed to do Isn't that. It? Bobby Schmurder would be proud. 
Yeah, that would have never been thought of. <laughs> well, there's all there's two in that game. Go on. Hector Bellerin thinking yeah, he's fucking Hector him. Bellerin oh, thinking he's bounced. fucking prime Ever. And he just got <laughs> fucking absolutely mullered off the ball. <laughs> and Bless Ross him. Barkley walking around like he's pack. Who does this guy <laughs> think he is? <laughs> Ross Bubble. Oi, Brad Bobley is here to fucking run the game. <laughs> I'm I'm pretty I'm pretty miffed. I've missed the first half of it, but oh, you're better than that, mate. Don't worry. I know we've already touched on it, but yeah, Brad Brad Bobley, mate. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, anyway, we'll go into the quest, the Q and A's now. Um, so the first one we've got is from Callum O'Neill. Shout out, Callum. Big up. Hold Your time. question was if you was a. Uh, not a very big side, should I say. So we said Palace, didn't we? A team that haven't gone. I think, don't I, get think into... could, I think you could get, branch this further out. Let's say this club's Morecambe. Okay, we'll go Morecambe. Hey, if you're actually, Morecambe... Should we say Mansfield Town? All right, the Stags, big close, Stags. Close to home, up the Stags. Up the Stags. If you had the choice of a... You qualify for the Champions League, you've got a UCL away day at, let's say, the Bernabeu. You've got that choice. Or you've got the FA Cup final day. At Wembley, which do you choose? Got that's a really good. I'll come question. to Storm last because we've already touched on it. So Storm's gonna have to have some thinking. Says, yeah, yeah. if you had to pick one or the other, now, now for, for, for the me, Stags, for Stags, I just think if I, you know, as a as a fan of, of a football team, an away day is a massively important thing. It's almost sacred. Now, an away day to London, it's going to cost you four hundred quid, and it's probably going to rain, and ultimately you're going to get beat. <laughs> and an away day at the Bernabeu is going to cost you 400 quid you're going to get beat but it's sunny as fuck and you and get the sangria Spain. flowing mate you know and what I mean pass. and pass. you're in Spain that's that's where my thought process is uh, ultimately the idea is you're probably you're, you're going on weather then is what you're going <laughs> well, 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 I'm, I'm thinking you're going to lose the game either way so would you rather lose would I rather lose to Madrid at the Bernabeu or to Arsenal in the FA Cup final and despite Arsenal being a winnable game, I'd much rather lose to Real <laughs> under Madrid than under, under mate, under the, you know, seen us. You know, <laughs> non-league Nige picking up his first three points of the season, mate. He, he does not give a fuck. He's lit. <laughs> Away at Sonny Scunthorpe and he's giving him a good old thrashing, mate. He don't care. <laughs> right, so this is going for an away day sangria at Bernabeu. Fats? That's mate. Um, me, I know you've raised a load of good points. A load, hey, load beer. of good points. <laughs> Alcohol. You've raised a load of good points. <laughs> the, the, the thoughts of Sangria and Tapas watching a 6-0 is, is a great idea. Isn't it? Um, but for me, I just think, like, if I was a, an absolute nothing club, like, the opportunity to play in an FA Cup final is... I don't know. Maybe I just... Still like the FA Cup. I don't know. No, a lot of people don't. But um, I just think that the opportunity to play in a final. Um, I know you're probably going to lose either way, but you know the, the chance to play in an FA Cup final at Wembley is historical for a club of that size. I know getting to the Champions League is as well, but I don't know. I I, I think for me, I, I'd pick an FA Cup final over a group stage L. Um. Go on, Storm. Well, I've, let you, I've let you ponder on it. Yeah, I've pondered it. And I support a small club anyway, and we always win at Wembley. So, 
I'm, Very good point. I'm Very good the, point. I'm, I love I'm that comment. The, I'm taking the away day, mate. Every single time in the Bernabeu. Come on. Fair, I'm not. I'm not going to London to spend 140 quid on a train, to then spend 15 pound 50 on fucking two pints and a shit fish and chips at the ground, than spending 140 pound on a return flight to go into Spain to go and watch your team get absolutely their fucking ass handed to them by. Well. <laughs> I think yeah. if we play Real Madrid, we'd probably beat him at the minute, but even well, Morecambe would probably beat him at the minute. Well, my, point, my point is, is if, if, it was, if it was Liverpool and you were to give me the chance of going to watch a FA Cup final or a game at the Bernabeu, I'd choose the Bernabeu if I was supporting, if it was a Liverpool. But if, if I was a shitty club where the FA Cup final was a big thing for me, I'd pick the FA Cup. But... Like I said, I know I know all the points you're saying, make but I fucking hate London anyway. But yeah, it's just FA Cup final for me is just something if I was It's a, a big one. Club, it is a big one, yeah. isn't it, for the smaller teams, which is a fair point. Like imagine if Mansfield Town I'd I I don't even like Mansfield Town. If Mansfield Town went to FA Cup, I'd be trying to get tickets, mate. Yeah, true. For the final. You know what oh, I mean? Oh yeah, well to to be fair, I went to go and watch us get beat by MK Don's last game of last season. So I'd hundred percent go to Wembley. I went to Cardiff <laughs> in two thousand and three to watch us get beat by Huddersfield on pens. Then they went and got back to back to back promotions and they've got Adam Moy charging them out in the Prem. Meanwhile, we're bottom of League Twelve, mate. It's a sticky one, mate. It's a sticky <laughs> one. Um before I move on, I'd 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 still probably pick an away time in Europe. Um, last two or three years I've tried to get I know that we're talking about small clubs not Liverpool but I've, I've tried to get tickets to go to the away days at Champions League and it's like one of the bucket lists for me so even if I was at a small even if I supported a small club I'd still probably want to go to an away tie abroad somewhere like that but yeah that's question one question two um, I believe I don't know who this, who's this from which is the premiership one the premiership manager Paulie and well I can't oh, it was. oh, yeah, yeah, that's from Walton, mate. That's from, uh, from Walton. Jim, yeah, Dan Walton. Hold tight, the range is massive, by the way. Yeah. Big for you guys. This is, so Dan Walton asked, which Premier League manager has started poorly and which Premier League manager has started well for their team, shall we say? You get one each. You get one each. Says, I'll go with you again first. Uh, so, it started poorly. Actually, no, it started well. I'm going to have to... I think it's very hard to say. I think maybe two names. Biggest one for me, Dean Smith. Um, they just play football. They, they play that game so well. They're, honestly, <laughs> they, they're absolutely outrageous on the ball. They play with aggression. It's attacking football uh, and it's a joy to watch at times. Uh, started poorly or not as well as I would have hoped for them or expected for them. It, it, oh, Probably got to say, it, it's between two, and I don't want to say both because you'll probably say another one. I'm going to say Chris Wilder. I'm going to have to. Sorry, mate. I thought, you'd, I thought you'd have said someone else. But no, <laughs> I, I, really, I really did think you were going to pick um, uh, the, the Paella pa- pa- Pardew. Um, but no, for me, for me, yeah, Chris Wilder played so well last year. I think they've been found out. They've got nothing going forward. They can't defend. They can't tackle. They can't, they can't pass the ball. I'm not entirely sure what they can do. That's why I put them. Fats, did you have the same two? Um, well, I'll swap my worst one. Um, but Dean Smith, I think. I was, I was going to give honourable mention to, um, obviously, Hassan Hutal, um, And I was also going to give 
an honourable mention to Brendan Rodgers because of this. Um, because of the, I know they've got a better team than Villa, but with the injuries they've had, and um, you know, I don't think any of us expected them to start the way they had. I, I think you know he he deserves a mention. But Dean Smith, um, by far and away, the football they're playing and the position they're in is is nowhere near where anyone expected Aston Villa to be. Even I think if you were to speak to Jack Grealish himself, he wouldn't probably expect that they've been doing this well. Um, in terms of uh, not doing so well, fuck it. I'm going to go with Oli. You know I mean, oh, fuck, you took mine. <laughs> like, do you know what I mean? Like, how can we really look at? They're in 14th place. Say no more. So, Storm. Well, my yeah, my start with Paulie was going to be Oli Gunnar Solskjaer simply because he's just shown that he's fucking not up to it. But my um. I started well, and I know this is probably going to be a bit of an out there one, but Jose Mourinho. Oh, yeah. yeah. People, see, because everyone wrote him off with Spurs, and like as much as I hated him when he went to Man United, because obviously I'm a Chelsea fan, after watching All or Nothing, I don't know why, it just made me fall in love with him again, because yeah, he's just a funny guy. And I think this season, no one expected Spurs to come out of the box racing like they did. I mean, going to Old Trafford and beating him 6-1, I know that it's Ole and I know that it's Man United side, but it's putting markers down, isn't it, to say, look, we're here and we're challenging. Yeah. And I'd, I'd, I'd be very surprised now if Spurs didn't get in the top four because of the way that they're playing. But so starting poorly, Ole Gunnar Solskjaer, shit show. Starting, starting well, Jose Mourinho. Storm also, just wanted to add as well to what you've said in terms of one of the things that's Started the best this season. Uh, Jose Mourinho's Instagram. Oh my God, what a dull comedy gold, tr- mate. Oh, if, you, if you're not following Jose Mourinho on Instagram, you're a fucking idiot. He's gold. Yeah, Mourinho's gold. Instagram is absolute quality. Um, I was going to say the two that says basically said, but I will, st- I will stick my neck out and say I do think Roy Hudson's had a quite a decent start of the season for Crystal yeah. Palace. I think they're going along Ooh, quite Roy nicely Hudson, yeah, for them. That's an interesting charge. Um, they are literally level on points of Everton. So to say how big, to say how well Everton has started, Palace are on the same points as them. No so. one picked, I, think, I think a lot of people would have picked Ancelotti if he had done better this month. Yeah. Um, yeah but yeah, in terms of, it's the two teams that I predicted to be down there. Uh, Sean Dyche and Chris Wilder have started really poorly. Both bottoms. I mean, them two to be below West Brom and Fulham eight games in is a bit alarming. I mean, I'm sure we'd have all had Fulham and West Brom to be the bottom two comfortably, even eight games in. But yeah, I think yeah. Chris Wilder and Sean Dyche have got to sort their teams out. Or... If you look at the games that Chris Wilder's played, he's got a point. Yeah. One one mm. point. And he's, he's on minus 11. He's on ma- minus 10 goal difference, I think it is. Yeah, they are. Um, Which is from Burnley a team that and... very rarely conceded last season to conceding them left, right, and centre, not scoring, not winning, not even getting draws. Yeah, uh, West Brom, Burnley, and Sheffield United are all on naught. Uh, all on zero wins. Also, shout out to the manager we thought would be doing exactly how he was meant to be doing, which is Scott Parker. Well, yeah. I, I, you can say that, but he's got a win. He's got to win. I didn't expect him to be winning any time. Who did he beat? Um, West Brom. Was it West Brom? Thing is, though, Paul, you knew they would get a win at some point. Come on. Not this early. <laughs> no, but yeah, no, anyway. On, 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 I'm going to be honest with you. I genuinely thought it would be 2021 before they pick up points. I really yeah. did. 
Uh, but yeah, anyway, uh, last question. Um, your worst two pundits to put together, if you had a show, um, and your worst two um, commentators, and then your best two commentators and your best two uh, pundits. Uh, I think Storm should go first on this one. We've stole his answer. Can I, can I add radio? Or is it just pundit? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. You can have radio. radio, radio. Do radio for your pundits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So radio cards for pundits. My bottom two would be Simon Jordan and Steve McManaman. Now, you stick me in a room with these pair and I'd probably kill myself. What, Simon Jordan? Oh, my God. Oh. I hate him. Oh, my honestly, Storm, you are going to ruffle some feathers with that, you know. I wow. fucking despise Simon Jordan and his stupid fucking curtain air court. <laughs> I hope he fucks off to the fucking end of time. Right, so there you put it. So you've got your, you've got Mark, not Michael Jordan. <laughs> Michael Jordan. Michael Jordan. <laughs> I knew uh, he'd never make it. So you got them best. two. So who's your commentators? Um... What, my worst two commentators? Yeah. No, do, do, do your favourite pundits? No. Yeah, go on, do your two favourite favorite pundits first then. Nah, I really like Gary Neville as a pundit. Yeah. And I know he, he does a lot of people's editing, but I think he's, I think he's a Jared pundit. And another one that I like as well. Um, I'm trying to think. I mean, I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't say Caro, wouldn't I? Yeah, you would be. They're my two favourite. Right, so they're two favourite. So, two worst commentators. Oh, my God. It's got to be the ITV massive, hasn't it? Go on. <laughs> oh, wait, hold on. No, actually, big Martin big. Tyler. Martin Tyler's definitely top of the... Yeah, top of the tree, mate, Martin. Top of the tree. That guy's a fucking... We're losing out a lot United. of guests with this question, I feel. Yeah, the Man United bias, though. It's just too much. I mean, Bruno could score a tap in and he'd be fucking fobbing himself off under the counter. <laughs> um, so he's alongside Martin. I'm trying to think of like outside of the box, really, when I think of football. Think of the BT. I'm just, I'll, na- I'll not name a few, but just think of BT. I know that's what I'm trying. And then think of Sky. Oh, Joe, I've got a big one. Big one. I do. I'm not... Lee Come Dixon. on, man. Lee Dixon. Yeah. Can I, can I, can I go next? I'm going to have to go with Lee Dixon. I'm, yeah, but hang on. Your two, who's your two favourite commentators before we move? Two favourite commentators... See, there's so many of them. It really, really wants me. Come back to me on my two favourite. Oh, I'll, I'll come back to you. Uh, says, go on. Your two worst pundits. Uh, two worst pundits for me. Uh, Michael Owen and Danny Murphy, mate. Michael yeah. Owen and Danny Murphy. Two worst, two worst pundits. Yeah. Um, two worst commentators. Uh, two, two best pundits. Two best pundits. Ne- Neville and Cara. I, I genuinely couldn't think of anyone else. Before they I carry are, on asking that are. question, are we all going to agree that Cara and Neville are the best pundits? Oh, by by, by mine. By mile. By mile. Okay. It's not, not so, even close. Mike, Mike Richards gets an honourable mention. Yeah, he's yeah. going there. He's going yeah. there. Uh, uh, to be fair, in, in terms of honourable mentions uh, for pundits, I'll also say Ian Wright, joke. Yeah. yeah. Big, big, funny, big, funny white guy. And whenever it's Roy Keane and Mika Richards, or Roy Keane and Ian Wright, you'll probably disagree with a lot of what they say. Mika Richards gets an honourable mention for me. 
yeah, you, you'll probably disagree with a lot of what Roy Keane will say, but he makes it fun, and that's what I'm about. Um, and then best commentators, uh, I'm saying, I know that Fett will say him as well, but I've got to say Peter Drury's there. And yeah, I agree with Peter, Peter Drury. Yeah, Peter Drury. And, and, and also uh, Clive Tilsley, big fan of him, big fan. Yeah, hold tight, Clive. Love you, Clive. Um, and uh, worst... Uh, and best two, yeah, yeah, that's me, that's me. Best two. No, where's two worst commentators? Where's two commentators? Oh, oh, yeah. oh, yeah, Andy Townsend and Steve McManaman. Okay, can't stand him. Right. Fats. Uh, what were we starting? Uh, where's where's pundits? Uh, where's pundits? Um, so I was going to say Danny Mills, but uh, Danny Murphy, sorry, he's been taken. Which have we picked Danny Mills? No, no, Danny Mills is yours, mate. Go for him. I'm um, taking Danny Mills. Um, and also, uh, there's a loads. There's loads of bad pundits. Owen Hargreaves is is terrible. Yeah. Owen Hargreaves but, only gets a spot on BT because he used to play for Bayern. But he's he terrible. speaks. He speaks German. <laughs> honestly, honestly, he speaks some blend of Mancunian German fucking crap, dude. It's horrible. A, ca- a Canadian <laughs> German, a Canadian German who is just everywhere and he's terrible. But yeah. That, uh, there's so many pundits I could have chosen, by the way. But yeah. Uh, so you got you've got your worst. You've had your best. There's your worst two commentators. Um, worst two commentators. Again, there was there's a whole heap. Um, Michael Owen almost made it. Um, uh, Stephen McManaman. I don't mind too much, but he's he's pretty bad. Um, I'm gonna throw one in there that's not been chosen. Martin Tyler, obviously. By the way, uh, the day he pops it, we party. <laughs> Uh, I've told you we're moonwalking, bro. Another uh, guess we've lost. And <laughs> um, <laughs> one, one that, one that's not been said, but we know, we all know, is awful. Mark Lawrenson. <laughs> yeah, Oi, Oi, yes, great shout. Uh, he looks like death at the minute. He, he is. Clown. I remember. I remember there used to be a game. Like, you know when you used to play them little terrible like internet games back in the day, like. Like, what is it, Bird, Bug on a Wire or something? You know, all them little games, right? There was a game on channel5.com called Pluck Loro's Tash. <laughs> <laughs> um, Who's your, who your best two then? Um, my best two, um, I'm trying to pick someone that isn't Peter Drury. He was my number one pick. Um, I would say Ali McCoist, whenever he's on, kills it. Um, I remember him from the FIFA games back in the day, but also when he did the Amazon Prime, it was a, a glorious throwback listen. Um, Clive Tildesley obviously makes a, a, a pick for that. Um, I'm just going to have to go with the, the ones that we said, Peter Drury and, and Clive Tildesley, but then also throwing Ali McCoist. And I know I chose Genev as my favourite pundit, but he's probably got to be one of my favourite commentators for the, simply for the Fernando Torres. Oh. But the second, I'm a pretty big fan of John Motson. Oh, my, I know, no one Motto. said that. No one Motto, said it. Motto, yeah. I've got to, give him a, got to give him an honourable mention as one of my favourites. He wasn't got picked because he's not commentated for about six years, has he? Yeah, but back in the day, Absolute badness. Uh, I think you've you've all basically said some of the picks I'd had. I, I, I would I would have had Neville and Car- Garriga for your uh, best pundits. Uh, Owen Hargreaves, shocking pundit, shocking commentator, shocking shocking everything. What's the bold guy's name that was BT Sport as well? The guy that hosts it. Oh, the Gold Show. 
Yeah, what's his name? Oh, he's all right. He fuck off. I hate he's him. He's all right. <laughs> but, um, You're not a fan stuff. Tell us no, what you really think. I'm not think. a fan of him. He does my head in. Uh, one, before before we finish, well, before we move on, uh, one one I will say that none of you have said is Mark Saggers as a commentator. He's a very good fun, a very good commentator. He's the guy that um, slated England when they got knocked oh, out. This, Tyson. If this, you, this is this is talk sport you're going into here, isn't it? Yeah, it's still a commentator, bro. They all stink, bro. <laughs> they all stink. Saggers is sick, mate. But anyway, yeah, we'll move on from the questions now. Um, that's basically it for today's episode. We'll. We'll be back next week, um, Tuesday, discussing our underrated 11. Right. Now, with the underrated 11s, we want everyone to send in their underrated 11 like it was the fraud 11. 442. 442. 442. Before we do wrap the show up, are we going to say Premier League 11 or World 11? I'll say World. Premier League. Oh, Premier League? Okay, I was going to say World. Oh, but... Sis, it's down to you. Uh, do I get the shining vote? Hang on. Yeah. Coin. <laughs> world. <laughs> world. Boom. Underrated 11. World. <laughs> right, World 11 it is. Uh, yeah, thanks for listening. Uh, we are back Tuesday, so see you in a bit. Peace out, everyone. Nice one. Cheers, cheers. Cheers, cheers. cheers.